This episode of Modern Manhood is brought to you by Yes Painting, a new social enterprise started in Edmonton that helps you spruce up your house while giving youth who have had some tough turns in their life a chance to build a better future for themselves. Yes Painting works just like any other contract painting service. The difference is that the work is done by young people who have been involved with youth empowerment and support services, which helps 15 to 21-year-olds who are facing difficult realities such as homelessness, trauma, addictions, or neglect. Yes Painting teaches business skills and life skills, pays the workers a living wage, and donates half of the profits to youth empowerment and support services. Yes Painting is making the world a better place, one job at a time. Check it out on some of the better-known social media channels at Yes Painting, that's at Y-E-S-S Painting, and sign up for your free quote at YesPainting.com, that's Y-E-S-S Painting.com. Modern Manhood is supported by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. It's home to many Alberta-based local podcasts, which, by the way, is home to amazing podcasts in general, regardless of the Alberta tag. Podcasts like Assumptions, which is about an atheist and a religious man talking about specific subjects. Like, for instance, dating, which is the subject that both of them tackle in a very interesting and nuanced way. It's also great to see podcasts that are different from the ones you see all the time, which Assumptions definitely is. And it's not the only one. Take a gander at what we have to offer at albertapodcastnetwork.com. That's albertapodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Manhood presented by Next Gen Men, an exploration of modern masculinity and the way it shapes us in the modern world. I'm your host, Herman Vijegas. Modern Manhood is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV, and is supported and helped out by the wonderful people at Next Gen Men, a nonprofit dedicated to bringing healthy masculinity with youth programs, business work, and men's groups. You can check them out at nextgenmen.ca. If you remember last week, we spoke to performance coach David Ogle, and I wanted to splice his conversation in two just because I feel just like his company's namesake, it's it's pretty good in doses. In the first half, we talked about what he thought about being a man in a place that was quote unquote made for women. That was at Lululemon. And in this half, I wanted to tease out some more theories out of him, maybe just some questions that I had. One specifically about the roles of coaches, especially life coaches or performance coaches, as he likes to be called, um, as a form of therapy for men. David also tells us about his life-changing moment, a moment he calls his, you know, okay, we're turning a corner here moment. And he also quotes from Disney to give us his end of show advice. So stick around for it. I'm sure this is, comes from the, your, your coaching experience. And I, I kind of want to get into that as well, too. Like your, 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 um, you know, you started a company called Dose Coaching. Is that correct? Um, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's very cool. Like I, you know what I'm really liking about it? I love, I love the little post that you do, the little blog post. Morning cup. Yeah. The morning cup. I, you know what? The last one, I think the last one I read was about love. And I think love is something that's like, especially for men. Love is is like one of those very vulnerable, vulnerable moments that you have in your life. And for some guys, it's hard to take. It's hard for them to take that love in. 
Um, and you mentioned love being an important, it feels like it, it, it sort of sounds from your blog post. It's very poetic, your blog post actually. Um, but it seems like it's something you're like, I, this is something that, um, is important in a work environment. Yeah. So it's funny. Part, like these, my, my morning cut posts are, uh, it's my, so the tagline of dose coaching is distill your genius. Mm-hmm. And, and my experience in life is, I meet all these people who have all this, just all this pent up genius in their brain. And, and, and I, like, I know the feeling of, I go about my day and have all these like great thoughts and insights, but, but when do I actually have the moment to pause, distill that genius down into something simple and doable? And, and my belief is that's the, the survey world is giving someone the space to cultivate all that genius and actually make intentional shifts or actions or bring awareness to their life. And and so what Morning Cup is for me is my personal practice of distilling my genius, the one insight I have each week into that most important perspective. And uh, where where the love post originated was I, I gave a talk probably four years ago. It was a, a Canadian banking conference. Don't even remember how I got there, but I was there and, and I was talking about culture and leadership and like the, the components of building a culture. And I remember like I have these like the five, you know, key things to consider. And one of them is love your people. And I had, I had two people, like three people come up and talk to me after the whole thing. Two of them came up and one was like, you made people really uncomfortable by saying love. Like bringing love into the workplace. Really? And then the person right after that was like, wow. Hey, I just want you to know, I don't, I, I get what you're saying, but it's not realistic. Like you can't bring love. Huh. I remember sitting there being like, thank you for your perspective. And I disagree. Like it, it's love. Love is a thing. Um, mm. and so it's been this funny experience of, and, and that's like, if you, that post is like someone at some point told you, you couldn't love your coworkers. Well, you know, it's like all these rules that we create. And, mm-hmm. and then I think from a masculine standpoint, what exacerbates it is a, a lot of the men I work with unconsciously look at love as a thing we do. And I don't mean that like in a, a sexual way, like make it love, but it's like, like <laughs> I, physical yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my significant other. Like it's a, an interaction or a transaction, hopefully not a transaction. Um, but it's like a, a thing versus love is an emotion that I feel for the people around me. So it's a state of doing versus a state of being. And when I'm in that state of being, that's where I get access to a higher level of performance. Which the irony is, if we were to flip this and look at every beautiful sports story, one of the guys from the all-star thing, he's like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the team I play for. It's like, I love playing and my family loves seeing me play. It's like, that's enough. Mm. So it's so funny because we mm-hmm. talk about men's discomfort with love, but then you apply it to the experience of love with sport. And it's like, oh yeah, that's so admirable. It's like, well, well, yeah. I'm just, like, yeah. It's the same thing for me. I love my clients. I love coaching. I love all these things. I'm just not six foot eight and, you know, coordinated, coordinated enough to shoot a basketball. 
<laughs> right, totally, totally. And and I think that goes back to what you're talking about, the bias part of it, right? Like we have this bias of of being able to talk about sports in that kind of emotional sense. And we love this. And when your team loses, it's a, it's a, it's a good chance to like let out your emotions and your frustrations. And, um, but it's hard to do that outside of that specific structure, which is interesting to me. And it's really, it's fascinating to see, um, men struggle with this, specifically men. I don't know, like women struggle with this. Some women struggle with this too, but I think most, for the most part, men do. Yeah. Give me a rundown of what what you guys do uh, with with the people that that you work with. Um, yeah, so like there's there's two two sides to the business. One are one on one clients, um, and, and the one on one clients, in one sense, is a bit of a mixed bag, but it's a lot of business leaders, so uh, executives, CEOs, uh, who are running a business, and and where coaching really supports them is again pausing and making thoughtful decisions or bringing awareness to the leadership that they're bringing. Um, I always joke with my clients is, you know, their, their team likes me more than they, the coach, than the client likes me <laughs> because of the impact it has on them. Um, and then working with, working with some professional athletes as well and in a very similar sense mm. of how to bring mindfulness or thoughtfulness to the immense focus I have and, you know, it's like my goal for, for the athletes I work with is not only are they successful in their sport, but they do it in a way that works with their whole life. It's not like they wake up the day after the Olympics and ask themselves, what now? Which, you know, it's that like cliff feeling. Um, and then the other side of the business is working with organizations and, and, you know, that's where it pulls from my, organizational development background and, and bringing, you know, the conversation of leadership and coaching and supporting organizations build that capacity uh, to, to build their effectiveness. And, 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 you know, it all centers around the conversation of performance. For the most part, your, are your clients, um, I guess I'm asking, I'm going to ask you a gendered question, but for the most part, are your clients male or are they, are they female? Oh, man, that's, it's a funny, it's actually a, a better question you probably even know. because. No, I don't care. Like, it's it's not one or the other. Like I want to work with humans. You see it, right? right. And <laughs> what I'm actually finding is, uh, like, I have probably I would say sixty to seventy percent of my clients are male. So there's definitely uh, a bit of a tilt towards men. And what I, I don't think it's an accident. What am I passionate about? I'm I'm passionate about working with male leaders. That want to show up and impact and contribute to the business world or their communities. And, and like, what I find is deep down, they all know that there's a truth for them to bring and, and helping them find their voice and, and bringing that and, and bringing it in a way that drives performance. So that's, that's the interesting dichotomy of business is, you know, so many people are like, oh, there's either great leaders or there's really good performance. I'm like, but what if it's both? What if you have these great, vulnerable, self-expressed and aware leaders who are driving incredible performance? That's that's a really inspiring vision to me. Um, and I, like to to go back to the gender question of, I think there's something for men to explore looking, you know, in, in the impact they have. And I, I love working with women because 
uh, we, I find we, we give very differing perspectives. Like I learn so much from all my clients and, and if I just worked with men, I actually think I would be less effective. That's really cool. That's very cool actually. Um, the way you, you explained, um, that kind of, that kind of concept specifically around, um, you know, performance and leadership. Um, I'm going to test out a theory for you. I mean, okay. Tell me if, tell me if I'm wrong or right. Um, <clears throat> I'm finding it for the most part. Uh, and I, and I, I remember writing a blog post, um, a while back about uh, life coaches and coaching in general or just self-help books. I just found this like interesting, um, awareness that, that a lot of guys like self-help books and like life coaching and, um, which is interesting to me because they, 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 it, there's a stigma around going to therapy and going to counseling, but then you go, you go to a life coach and that's like, that's not a big deal. That's not a problem. That's, that's an easy thing. Um, do you find it that, uh, there is kind of a, I mean, well, you said about bias, um, around life coaches being for, for, for guys or for something that guys can really accept rather than going to see a therapist or going to see a counselor or something like that? It's a really good perspective, and I, I certainly don't have the comprehensive answer. But like, I would even the distinction I make is I I've identified like my business is performance coaching, and and it's because like while I care about someone's whole life, I really care about working with someone like an executive coach in looking at who are you. Where, where are you and where do you want to be and how do we generate performance in your life? And, and I, I care about getting results, which, um, pure life coaching can, can be a bit exploratory and philosophical, which, I mean, again, philosophy major love that stuff. And <laughs> there, there is, I think there's a need to have the impactful, powerful conversations that are still driving momentum and creating results for people, which I think that's, to, to your question, there's an inherent appeal. Like I, I know I've had clients come to me and say, I love the idea of performance coaching. I love that you bring neuroscience. Like there's a tangibility. Um, there, there's a credibility, whereas you know, therapy has a very... Like the connotation of it is sitting on the couch and just thinking about yourself. Like, it, I think the challenge that therapy has is a very similar challenge that meditation has. Everyone knows it's, like, if really, people know it's good for you. It's good to think about your mind and, and the thoughts that you have. And it's hard to see the results. I, I don't know if that's like a true statement, but I, I think a lot of people believe that. Versus coaching, you know, I have to remind clients sometimes, especially when I first start working with them, I'm not telling you answers. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to run your business. I'm not a consultant. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for testing that out for me. That's, that's, I'm, I'm all like outside of my realm and I'm like, always when I have guests on that have specific expertise, I'm just like, yeah, I have a theory. Can I, I'm just, let me tease this out for you. <laughs> so thanks for, for dealing with that. I'm, I'm going to throw out another, maybe a bigger question for you. And, and if, and if take your time answering this, if you don't have an answer right away, um, has it been a defining moment for you as a man? I mean, this is the one that's coming to me right now. So it, it must be. And sorry, I'm like, this was the defining moment for me as a human. And, mm-hmm. like, there, there's just so much to it. Like, my, it was that moment where my life went from, you know, 
trucking along to the left, and I was like, oh, going to the right, okay. So it was, <laughs> uh, like, the, the brief context is, I was studying abroad, and on my abroad program, there, there was a, a guy who we were sharing a room, like, in one of the nights, how do I describe it? Like, we're, we're in, in transit, so we're at a hotel. He was my roommate for the night. He accused me of stealing $100 from him. Mm. Which I say that now, I'm like, it seems so insignificant, but like at that moment, it was my world. Hey, no one had ever accused me of stealing anything in my life. Like I, I was human, but I, I didn't steal. Serious accusation. Like the program took it really serious. They interviewed him, interviewed me. We had like a couple other conversations, and, and through the process, like things got really twisted. Like I, I remember sitting down and talking to him face to face right before we went in and talked to one of the program directors. I was like, "Why are you doing this? Like, you know, I didn't say this." He's like, "Oh, the the program directors they took this way out of context. I'm sorry. Like I'll clear this up." And then we go in, and the director's like, "Okay, let's clear the air." think David stole this money from you? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, oh my god, this guy just lied to me. So it was, it was. I felt like I was in a movie, and it was the first time I was in a situation where I did nothing wrong, and there was nothing I could do to prove my innocence because I was so innocent, and I had to realize that the program was taking his side, and like they they believed I took the money as well not for any other reason than the person I had showed up as for the previous two months was a shithead who would steal. That sucked. Like that, that sucked the, that night going to bed realizing I could be the most innocent person in the world and yet the way that I've acted has created the, the persona that someone would believe I am capable of stealing. And so, like, it was this question, I was like, well, fuck, then who am I? Like, if someone thinks that of me when I'm 100% innocent, then who, what do they think of me when I'm not? Right, 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 wow. Hold me to a place of, you know, again, like, beyond who am I as a man or a woman or a gender is who am I and who do I want to choose to be and and recognizing that I I have a really big impact I can make in the world if I choose to actually do something about that. And then, uh, you know, long story short, I, like I ended up not getting kicked out of the program. I was put on probation. My behavior was impeccable afterwards, and I had afterwards, and I had like all sorts of really good breakthroughs. Um, and and the weird part is about four years after that. The guy who accused me sent me a message and was like, Hey, I want to apologize for what happened. I was like, Yeah, I really sucked, man. What, what was going on? And he was battling his own thing and this makes it sound kind of soap opera-ish, but like he loved me mm. and I, like I was just so unaware of that. So that's where the gender piece wow. comes into it is I was so wrapped up in 
who am I and all this stuff and, and the self-recognition and identification that I didn't even realize he was going through an even bigger struggle of understanding his sexuality. And if I had been less of a dick, none of this would have happened. He actually might have had someone that he could have talked to about it. Yeah. Like that's, wow, that's, that's huge. That's, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> like just listening to that, I'm just like, oh man, the complexities of all those things are just, that's, that's amazing. And that, that is, that's a very, it's a great story to like, to think about and um, to think about your own, yeah, wh- what path you take yourself and also like to try and finding empathy for other people and to finding out like what is their needs in this life as well and what are they, how are they projecting that too and uh yeah, that's, that's really cool. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. That's, that was really yeah. awesome. Yeah, of course. And it's, you know, it, to loop it back to the, the gender conversation we've been having is I think that's the role that's being called upon men to play is the self inquiry, but it's also like being able to hold that conversation for other people to explore their own inquiry. Like, and that's, that's what, like, Absolutely. what, what I see I can do for women who are exploring as leaders or more of that, like what does it mean to be a woman? If I'm just sitting over here trying to figure myself out and they're just sitting over there trying to figure themselves out, we're missing the critical juncture of what are we, what are we talking about together as humans? Totally. And this, and this, like you mentioned, this, this really relates to what's going on in, in the world today. And I think, I think this is the last, the, Specifically around leadership and, uh, you know, all these, there's all these things going on in the news now about these, these specific abuses of power. And it comes from these leadership positions, you know, talk specifically about, um, Weinstein. Now, um, you know, even before that, we had like things like Jerry Sandusky. We had like the Enron scandal, all these like abuses of leadership. Like now it's like the, the Larry Nassar incident. Um, how as you as a leadership coach, Teach the, the people that you have to try to maybe see what's going on, um, outside of their own little world and to actually use a little bit of accountability in what they're doing uh, to stop these kind of, um, things from happening. I, I, there, there's three things that come to mind. So the first one is I, I believe that the practice of coaching is inherently a step in the right direction. Like, yeah, when I sure, work with sure. someone, they're committing to every three weeks, give or take, you know, depending on how we structure it, but every three weeks they spend an hour reflecting on what's the most important conversation for them and, and is there something for them to see in that. That's, that's pretty good. Like any time that you're willing to stop and reflect on who are you and what's your contribution, um, good things are going to come out of that. Uh, and, and so then, and that leads me to the other two things, which it's like when I work with clients, the, the two things I really care about them landing on, exploring, and, and building momentum with is one, virtues. So what are the virtues that they live by in the world that, that are at their core essence, them? So maybe I can speak more about myself. So what are my virtues? Uh, like for me, it's, it's wisdom and adventure, and curiosity, and if I'm not living through those, I'm not me. 
So being clear on what my virtues are and how they show up across my life, I make better decisions. I, like, that's fact. Because I'm making decisions based on what I believe in and care about rather than, you know, primal or hedonistic needs. Uh, and then the second piece, and it grows off of when I'm clear on my virtues and what I bring to the world, I become more clear on my contribution. And I start to discover what's, you know, it, 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 people get really tripped up with the word purpose, and, and it's like, oh my god, what's my purpose? Like, I need to, I need Gandhi, <laughs> I need to be Mother Teresa. Like, it, it becomes very big. Right, right, right. And yeah, and that's why I really like the word contribution. It's in each and every moment, how do I make the highest contribution uh, in a way that that serves not only myself but serves those around me? And that exploration, I mean, that exploration is endless, and those packaged together. Uh, comes back to why I love the word performance. Because to me, performance is the contribution I'm making with virtue being a factor. Contribution and performance without virtue is is not performance. That's just getting shit done. Yeah, and then I guess the other word I can't go without saying is like in my days of philosophy, the word erite was just the most meaningful word from ancient Greek. And it's really you know, my unique expression of excellence. And so working with a client, it's helping them find what is their erite because that's where their greatest performance will show up. Right, right. No, that, that's really cool. And, and, and I've heard the word erite in your, in your blog. Um, you use it um, sometimes. It's just great. It's, it's a really interesting, fascinating um, definition there. Um, and so, yeah, I guess this goes to the last question. And, and, and you know, you, you've been pretty generous with your advices as well. So I'm very curious as to what you have for this one. Um, so as we ask all our guests that go for modern manhood is, uh, what's one piece of advice that's helped you and you would give out to other guys that maybe would help them? Mm. It's funny when you sent this question ahead of time, which I appreciate the warning. <laughs> Um, I've learned. I I did a podcast with a guy a while ago and and my, my advice was slow down, which I still think is good. And like to like, okay, how do I build on that? Like, how do I, what else is there to say? And and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to quote Frozen. I've I've totally seen Frozen, but just let, let it go. And and Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, I think of all the struggles or drama or challenges, like unnecessary challenges, not the challenges that I'm like, wow, I climbed a mountain. Um, all of the things that were not a good use of my time came from me being attached to an outcome or a belief or a way of being, which that, to me, that last piece is what gets to the heart of masculinity of, I have spent my entire life being told what I should be as a man. And the moment I actually started being a man was when I let go of all of those shoulds that everyone has told me and just explored who am I and what do I want and how do I express that in the most kind and compassionate way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Exactly what we're all about here in this podcast is this. It's an exploration of masculinity. It's never a prescription of masculinity. And I love what you just said, David. Um, where can people go find, uh, find you and find, uh, 
Maybe not from the other website you told me, <laughs> but like where to find your coaching. <laughs> oh my God, I love that too. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I think I've, I'm a genius in that I've kept it very simple. So I don't forget. Mm-hmm. It's Dose Coaching. So dosecoaching.com, Dose Coaching on Instagram, Dose Coaching on Facebook. Um, I, I am by no means a social media wizard. My, my goal is that any platform that someone finds me on, it creates the ability for them to send me an email or reach out to me and start a conversation. Whether it's, you know, to disagree with me, um, I'd love to debate or to talk through something or, or to find some work to do together. Dosecoaching.com is the best place for me. Awesome. Awesome. David, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. This is, this was absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we connected. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the conversation. It's, you know, again, like I believe the value of coaching is I get so much insight in, in having great conversations with people. So even more away from this than I probably even offered. So that's Modern Manhood for this week. Thanks again to David Ogle for teasing out all those questions I had. And I know I edited it out, but I, I really wanted to mention that he took his time answering those questions by thinking and pausing, which I kind of love. I should have kept them in it, to be honest. In the meantime, check out David's coaching website, especially his blog, which is filled with amazing stuff. His morning cups. You can find that at dosecoaching.com. So it's D-O-S-E coaching.com. And you know, all episodes of Modern Manhood can be found at modernmanhood.org. And they're broadcasting at gradio.ca. And also broadcasting on the CKUA app. You can download that anywhere you get your cool apps. On the next Modern Manhood, we speak to a Canadian writer who wrote a new book about boys. So, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Modern Manhood.